Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of America this time. We are here in the heart of Tennessee where we've just wrapped up from two days of our Hackers Conference. It's been an amazing time. And uh, we've, we've been able, I think, to find some great solutions uh, to challenges that we're having on the field. You see, this Hackers Conference exists so we can look for creative ways of getting the good news of Jesus Christ into the darkest regions of the world. And I'm sitting here with my good friend, Mike. Mike, thank you so much for joining us, brother. Glad to be here. It's, uh, it's great to have you back. I know that you were here, I think, our first ever Hackers Conference. Yeah, I think it was 2018, 2019, somewhere in there. So it's been a few years. I've always wanted to come back, but for various reasons couldn't, so I'm yeah. glad I could make it this time. Yeah. Uh, we had a, I think, a new crew. Some, some. I don't know. Were there any old faces that you remember? Yeah, there was a few actually. I yep. think at least five or six. I remember. Oh, really? First. Okay. A few veterans. So yeah. Pretty okay. awesome. Yeah, we had a, we had a few new faces, um, and we, as you know, we always try to keep the, the uh, attendees at a, at a level where we can be intimate, where we can really uh, communicate with one another, and we don't like setting up in a style that's kind of like classroom setting where we have, you know, kind of a speaker, a one-way, a, a mono-directional type of uh, engagement, and um, kind of had this round table, this beanbag effect of just sharing ideas and concepts and trying to build something from an idea to reality. How do you think that went this yeah. time? No, I think it, it went great because of who we have here. We've got people from government service, military, academia, industry, nonprofits, and uh, not everybody would consider themselves a hacker, but um, you don't necessarily have to be hands-on keyboard and understanding a console to be a hacker. We just want you to think outside the box by leveraging your expertise and experience in new ways. And I think we really got that from some of the dialogue the past couple of days. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, was there anything that you saw that stood out um, from the first year to this year? Well, certainly a lot of the products uh, that um, the BTJ Packers community have come together on have really advanced from just simply concept development to a minimum viable product. And being able to hear the stories of how these products are, are getting into country and uh, believers and seekers are using them um, is critical because uh, we can have all the great ideas in the world, but unless we're getting good feedback from the field, we don't know if they're actually effective. Right. It, with this group that's here this time, was there any one project that stood out to you like this one? This is something that is fun. Like this is something that is devious. This is something that is uh, a little bit, you know, uh, squirrely. I don't, I don't even know. Like, you know, just it, it, there's so many fun toys that we're using that feel like, okay, this is the gospel. We can keep it holy and say, this is the gospel. And, and, and this is holy. But when we look at what it is that we're actually doing, there's, there's a little bit of a mischievous feeling, you know. Did you have any one project that kind oh, of stood yeah. out to you in that way? Um, well, 
You know, I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with movies like Jason Bourne, James yeah. Bond, and any yeah. of those. And yeah. uh, there's always some directorate that has like these cool gadgets that the agents get to use. And I feel like that was certainly true for several of our projects. Uh, but one in particular is one that's expected to deliver Bibles in either audio format or in written format underwater. I think, I mean, who's, come on, like amphibious Bible smuggling? Like, what is that? I mean, that's like Navy Special Forces stuff. And I think the fact that we're thinking in that way uh, of, of delivery is incredible. Yeah, I, you hit it right on the head when you're talking about Jason Bourne, 007. I'm thinking of like one of the reasons that a lot of people like to go and watch the James Bond series is the cool toys. You know, you find these special wallets and cufflinks and watches and, you know, all these secret gadgets. What if we can incorporate that in completing the Great Commission? Because, I mean, really, in reality, what we see is the enemy knows that his days are numbered, right? And he knows that one of the things that numbers his days is the completion of the Great Commission. So he's laid out his boundary, his battlefield, his borders, and now he's defending them full on. And our job is to infiltrate you know, those borders, to infiltrate those countries, those lands, to get people the good news of Jesus Christ. A lot of Christians feel that maybe that's not a good motive. Hmm. That, you know, to... to get too excited about breaking the rules, to get excited about, you know, packaging the gospel into these cool little packages is the wrong motive. This is, this is not what we should be doing. There should be more of this reverent feel, this, uh, this somber feeling. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, well, you know, that's a really good point because, you know, Jesus certainly has clearly laid out that we're to respect authority when authority is due. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar, give unto God what is God's. And all I can say to that is like, we are led by the Holy Spirit to act in righteousness and justice. Mm -hmm. And part of that is even asking of some of these laws, are they godly or are they ungodly? Mm -hmm. And so if we are not able to foster a dialogue with an unreached people group who need to know the message of the kingdom of God, you know, then we're, we're gonna move out in ways that perhaps are a little unorthodox and right. could even get people imprisoned and in trouble. But as we've heard stories from the persecuted church in years past, like that did not prevent them from advancing the kingdom. And so we're just following in their footsteps. Yeah. Is there any specific example that you kind of saw manifested here where um, you're watching a product or you're watching the product development in this hackers conference that you think, wow, this reminds me of this part of the Bible? Was there, was there anything? I kind of put you on the spot on that one. Hmm. You have to be a theologian and yeah, right? I'm like, uh, let me see here. Um, hmm. Well, I'll say that certainly some of the products that uh, we have worked through are for specific areas mm -hmm. of the world, um, which might be a little unique. If, if people are unfamiliar, haven't been to one of these conferences, they may think that we're just trying to create products for the global community. Mm -hmm. But actually, we're very targeted. We're, we're more specific. We're looking at unique use cases where we know that uh, uh, oppressive governments are preventing the gospel from entering there and hear, people hear, hearing and responding to the message. So I, I like to think of it as like when Paul was uh, praying whether what, what his next steps were going to do. And it says the spirit of Jesus prevented him from going one way. And in fact, he had a dream and he was invited in another direction. And I think that's really what this group needs to do is we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit, inviting God to lead us in the direction He wants to go. And as we leverage our creative genius, like He's going to enable us to apply it in ways that we otherwise have. Yeah. 
I have a question. I, I'm interested to hear, you know, as someone who's just been through this two days, the Hackers Conference, we've kind of been embedded in the heart in the, of getting the gospel into a place like North Korea. Mm. Inside of North Korea, it is illegal to distribute Bibles and preach the gospel. It can actually be deadly. Yeah. And when we think about it as Christians, we, we just think, oh yeah, of course. But on a practical level, what do you think would lead a regime or, or a tyrant to see the gospel as a threat? Because if you believe that it's not true, just mm -hmm. practically speaking, and it's, these are not true stories, would you want to launch a campaign to hunt people that you know, read the three bears you know, or, or Little Bo Peep and say, if you read Little Bo Peep, we will kill you. We will hunt down your family and crucify you. I mean, if it's a fairy tale, if these are not real stories, then what's the danger? Why do you think that the, these oppressive governments like North Korea put so much resources into stopping a, a story or a book or, or a collection of parables um, if they don't believe that they're true, why such zeal? Well, these governments, these institutions, they do not act alone. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the principalities, the rulers, the prince of the power of the air, the enemy trying to stop us from revealing the truth, the way, the truth, the life, Jesus Christ. And that, um, that means that these governments are not acting alone. And so there is uh, a very real, um, level of spiritual warfare that is happening um, in these countries. And, you know, we have to recognize that the gospel has power. It has power to transform lives. And these, these countries and the, the demons behind them or the, the powers behind them know that the gospel brings power to topple their authority. And they're jealous of God's power. They don't want God to rule their land. And so uh, us even uh, suggesting what we're trying to do is in of itself a threat and which why it's all the more important for us to be here. Yeah, I mean, if the word of God is able to create the very universe in which we exist, to give life to our ash-filled bones, could it not also set the captives free in a place that is dark like Somalia, Sudan, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Iran? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's why these, these tools, they go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. We leave the results to God, but we know that when they reach their outcome, you know, people are going to be transformed and they will look to a higher authority than the government. Because many of these countries, you know, the government is God. And we've really seen over the last three years how that's, cha that's changed the whole world where people look to the government as God. And so even acknowledging that the, uh, that the gospel is true is saying that there is a higher authority yeah. and that's disruptive. I am curious to, to learn. I mean, from the first Hackers Conference that you attended, you were there when this community of believers that are also you know, coders and, and gamers and programmers, um, from the first time to now, what are some changes, some developments? I mean, you walk in after several years of not seeing the group. Now you come into a new group, new setting. Uh, what are, what's, what's the difference? Yeah, Better, so, worse? No, well, two, two big changes, I think, is that um, technology has changed uh, significantly, both in the good and the bad. Uh, some of the stories we talked about today is how uh, we are much more capable of developing solutions faster now than we did several years ago. But then on the flip side, the enemy, the adversary, those that are in these oppressive governments that want to censor us out, 
um, they're also much more capable. And we've seen the advent of the scoring system in China and other technologies, surveillance technologies that um, really were just uh, almost works of fiction a few years ago. And now they're realities. Now they're normal. So, uh, you know, I think we've had to kind of raise our game a little bit over the last few years. And uh, as we look into 2024 in the future, we're going to have to really figure out how do we adapt even faster. Yeah. I, um, I've been seeing these memes that just crack me up because when we do see things like the social scoring in, in China, um, you know, there's this great saying that was that went across America during the 2016 campaign and in the, in the presidential election here in America of make America great again. And so there's this there's this meme that's been going up on social media that says make 1984 fiction again. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this really that, what you're saying is true. When we were, that's not that long ago. And, and a lot of the things that we were talking about that seemed fictitious are now reality. I mean, in 2018, we would have never seen the entire world go on shutdown. In 2018, we would have never seen, I, I've lived in China for over 20 years. I would have never guessed or, or even predicted that China would be the world's first country to really go hard on digital currency. And the, so the digital control that we're seeing uh, inside of China and also a lot of these other oppressive regimes in between China and, and Jerusalem have really upped the game and changed the dynamics of the field where we're on. All the more reason why we really need to lean in to what God is saying this year, because these technologies aren't going to stop. They're going to continue to evolve. And uh, one story you asked about a Bible story earlier that comes to mind is actually the prophet Agabus. If you remember Agabus, he received a revelation from the Lord that a famine was coming and that there was something that needed to be done. And so I, I'm, I want to see that for the BTJ hackers community. I want to see a, a, a point where we are regularly coming before the Lord, listening for his voice, and then he's telling us of the things to come and how we as a church can prepare for suffering and persecution in a way that allows us to continue to carry the message of the kingdom and connect messengers of the kingdom. You know, I know that there are people, you know, around the world listening to this podcast. Uh, they're thinking, you know what? I feel that I have to sit in a cubicle all day. I sit in an office all day. I sit in front of my keyboard all day. I'm programming. Um, I'm, I'm doing just, you know, the, some of the most monotonous data entry. Um, I think I have these skills. What would you say to them if they were looking to attend a Back to Jerusalem Hackers Conference? Oh, wow. well, uh, first off, uh, don't ever assume that you don't have something to contribute. Um, regardless of your background, experience, expertise, um, you have something to contribute here. And this is a safe place for people to be able to share their ideas freely uh, in a way that um, you know, we're, we, we might give feedback and we might try to refine those ideas, but we really value the volume of ideas that come. And sometimes the craziest, most terrible idea ends up being the best one. So I guess that would be the first thing I say is don't, don't sell yourself short on that. Um, but then also recognize that in preparation for events like these, you know, you're doing kingdom work with your skills. You know, it's not just handing Bible tracts out, initiating gospel conversations at work, like even developing your coding skills to contribute to a project like Black Trumpet or Ding Dash and others, like you are doing kingdom work. And so we just want to, I think it's important to remind our listeners that, and those that are interested in coming um, in future events, uh, just how um, how important they are to the overall community and how we really need everybody um, to be on board. This one might be a little bit 
different, but I would love to hear from your perspective. <laughs> Can you describe what the environment's like and, and how it might not be the same as you would experience in corporate America or the corporate world or in the military or in a government setting? Oh, wow. Well, uh, I mean, first Where do you off, start? No, the, the first thing that I just love is that um, we all stood up and grabbed each other's hand and, and prayed. Mm. Um, you know, I wish every meeting I was in started that way. Um, so just uh, recognizing that we all, um, we follow Jesus. Um, we're sold out to follow him regardless of what happens uh, to our lives. I mean, that was like the baseline for us here. Um, and then also, you know, we're, we're in this cabin space that's uh, very intimate. We're under the same roof. We're eating and sleeping in uh, the bunk beds and um, sitting on couches and lounging around. It's like a very um, familial environment. And uh, I can't say I've ever experienced any of that with my coworkers, you know? So, uh, you know, you're, you're hearing um, more about people's like likes, dislikes, dislikes their interests and things that um, you wouldn't get like at a corporate meeting. So, uh, you know, those intangibles are establishing lifelong relationships. Like some of these people I mentioned that I knew from um, a few years ago at the first conference, I haven't talked to them in four or five years, but I still remember details about the work that they do, their family, and it was like we just picked right up where we left off. So um, I'm just excited to um, invite more people into this family um, because we all we have shared values and a shared vision. Yeah, I mean, even now as we're doing this podcast, we got kids running behind us. Yeah. Uh, we, we definitely got families that are involved with this. We got like, yeah. you know, pizza in the background. It is a very informal uh, environment where I, I feel like it, it's it's a bit of an, an incubator for or a petri dish of, of ideas for uh, God to have his way and have a bit of freedom. I don't know. For me, I feel free in kind of this environment and, and relaxed so that if God speaks, he would fit in our schedule. That's right. That's right. And that's what we have to continue to do is like we need to treat this more like a continuing conversation and not a necessarily like a conference agenda. I mean, we call it a conference, but you know, we're not in a convention center. We're not in a hotel conference room. Um, you know, we're out in the sticks really. Like I'm glad I get a cell phone signal out here, but, uh, but that's what we need, right? We need to kind of retreat. Jesus himself, he's come away with me. You know, he went out to the wilderness several times, spent time with his father. And uh, we can do that here. That, that's another cool thing. I've had several times where, you know, before we get cracking on the computer, I'm able to just go out for a walk, spend time with the Lord, renew my mind with what is true, and then come back and contribute. Brother, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks for joining us Back to Jerusalem podcast. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for loading again this Back to Jerusalem podcast. I am Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of America. God bless. God bless.